at Alina Health. We care about your health and wellness. Learn how Alina Health provides care that can benefit you in this edition of The Wellcast. Now here's your host, Melanie Cole. Lung cancer is the third most common type of cancer in both men and women. More men and women die every year from lung cancer than from any other form of cancer. My guest today is Dr. Matthew Graycheck. He's a thoracic surgeon at the Virginia Piper Cancer Institute with Alina Health. Welcome to the show, Dr. Graycheck. So tell us about the risks, the known risks of lung cancer. Well, the biggest risk uh, for lung cancer is uh, tobacco uh, smoke exposure through smoking. Uh, certainly, there are other ones that are uh, lower down on the ri- on the list, but they include uh, radon exposure. Uh, usually, associate that with higher levels of radon exposure over a prolonged period of time. Uh, lung disease is considered a, a risk for lung cancer. Things like uh, emphysema or uh, COPD, which is chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. A family history can contribute to the risk of lung cancer with previous uh, close relatives that might have had uh, lung cancer. And then asbestos exposure uh, is considered a, a risk factor for a special uh, type of lung cancer in the lining of the lung. Tell us about this lung cancer screening we're hearing about so much now. What do you need to get a, a prescription to have a lung cancer screening? And tell us about the screening itself. Well, you have to have uh, a couple things to meet you know, what we consider qualifications, and that is... Uh, First and foremost, having been a smoker for quite a long period of time, uh, we use a 30-pack year history as a measure of that, and that means you have had to have smoked at least one pack of cigarettes per day for 30 years uh, or more, or for example, two packs per day for 15 years will qualify you as well. In addition, uh, you have to have be a current smoker or having had quit within the last 15 years and be between the ages of 55 and 80 and have no current signs uh, or symptoms of a lung cancer. So what is the screening test like? And is it something you need a prescription for? Can you just go to your doctor and say, I'd like to get screened for lung cancer? Well, so the test uh, is looking to detect a lung cancer early. Uh, It's based on some research that came out over the last few years that showed that if we can screen uh, this high-risk population, we might be able to find cancers earlier than when we have traditionally been able to detect them. In order to obtain the test, uh, it does require um, a prescription, if you will, or an order from a provider. So anybody can go in and inquire about the test, but it uh, it requires uh, and should be you know um, ordered through a provider that can meet with the patient uh, to discuss the risks and the benefits of the testing and to make sure that they meet the qualifications so that it uh, can be uh, supported through insurance. Are there any risks to the screening? There are. Um, there are um, risks uh, of uh, finding things that we don't know what to do with. For instance, you know, the risk may be, for instance, of overdiagnosis or finding completely benign things in addition to looking for a cancer. So we want to carefully make sure that patients are referred to places that know what to do with the results and worry about the things we need to worry about, but not worry about the ones that we don't and have appropriate follow-up. The screening test is done with a CT scan, uh, which is uh, a special type of x-ray exam that uses a combination of x-rays and a uh, computer. Uh, The CT stands for computerized tomography. And uh, that results in a small dose of radiation. 
that radiation dose is uh, about the same as walking around uh, outside that you would get from sunlight uh, over a calendar year. So it's a considered a small dose. How does a person find out the results of their screening test? A uh, board-certified radiologist will look at and interpret all scans. Uh, in addition, a healthcare provider uh, from the lung, from a, typically a lung program, uh, will receive the exam results, and he or she will, would call a patient about the results of a positive test and determine the next steps uh, in the screening plan or in a follow-up treatment plan. In addition, we uh, certainly work closely. Uh, most screening programs do. Uh, with a lung nodule clinic where patients can be referred to uh, for, you know, different findings uh, on the results of the scan. Are there some symptoms of lung cancer or lung issues that people might notice that would send them to see you in the first place? Well, there are. the uh, You know, the symptoms of lung cancer aren't always specific to lung cancer, but they certainly include things like coughing up blood, uh, trouble breathing, shortness of breath that doesn't go away, uh, an unexplained weight loss, uh, fatigue that's unexplainable by other means, and fevers, chills, and night sweats can all be associated with not only lung cancer but other forms of cancer as well. Dr. Graycheck, people get chest pain. They worry that it's heart disease and or they hear lung cancer in the upper back, shoulders. Do any of those pains mean that there could be something going on? You know, they do, and it's certainly important uh, to be aware of those symptoms and most importantly to contact your health care provider uh, for anything uh, that, that we've talked about and mentioned as far as symptoms go so that that can be looked into further. Now, it's important to remember that the majority of those things are probably unlikely to be cancer-related, but the trouble that we've had with lung cancer in the past is it hasn't been able to be detected until a later stage. And one of the benefits of a lung screening program is that uh, we found that we can really impact the chances of dying from lung cancer by screening people early and looking for an earlier stage of disease rather than a more advanced stage and uh, hopefully intervening and treating. You mentioned family history. So is there a genetic component to lung cancer? No, there is. Uh, the exact uh, details of that genetic component have not yet to been you know, completely worked out on a detailed level in the laboratory or looking at different genes, but we certainly know that the highest risk people uh, have had a first-degree relative, so, you know, a mother, father, sister, or brother, uh, typically, uh, or a child that has had a uh, previous lung cancer puts them at an increased risk. We don't know yet how much of an increased risk, but we certainly know it, it is a factor. And what about, since lung cancer screening seems to be relatively new, does insurance cover this? Uh, it does. The uh, um, Most insurance uh, providers... Um, are covering the test. Um, Medicare uh, is, uh, has approved a coverage of the test and uh, should be rolling out coverage for it uh, for uh, almost all providers um, in a timely fashion. That being said, uh, it is certainly important uh, for patients uh, who meet the screening criteria and or are interested in looking into it further to contact their health care uh, provider and insurance provider to make sure that it's covered. And if not, we do offer the screening test uh, at a, a discounted rate if people were interested in getting it uncovered uh, and paying uh, out of pocket. Dr. Graycheck, every once in a while you hear about someone who was never a smoker, who gets lung cancer. What would make that person come in for a lung cancer screening? 
certainly, uh, you know, a, a higher a percentage of lung cancers today than previously are associated in people that haven't been are uh, smokers. Uh, it used to be about a 10% chance uh, or 10% of lung cancers that were found were in non-smokers, and that number is increasing over the last few years, maybe approaching 20%. Uh, you know, we don't have a research study that shows that screening for that non-smoker population um, is uh, coverable by insurance or has impacted the, you know, the chances from dying of the disease. So at, it's, at the present time, we can't recommend that for non-smokers. If they have other risk factors, um, I think we'll be considering that going forward, but we certainly on a, on a wide-scale patient population haven't done so yet. In just the last minute, please give your best advice to the listeners about low-dose lung cancer screening, the benefits of it, and prevention of lung cancer. Really, your best advice. Well, research shows that we can make a 20% increase in the chances of dying from a lung cancer for the patients that fall into a high-risk category for developing a lung cancer based on history and smoking. We encourage all of those patients that fall into those categories between the ages of 55 and 80 and meet the criteria that we've talked about in our discussion to contact their healthcare provider if they think they're even close to meeting the criteria so that we can figure out if they do and get them in for a screen and uh, hopefully identify and detect a cancer before uh, it is more advanced stage and is less treatable. In the early stages of lung cancer, the treatment uh, is uh, can result in even a cure in a, in a certain patient population and uh, rid them of the disease. Thank you so much. It's great information. You're listening to The Wellcast with Alina Health. For more information, you can go to alinahealth.org. That's alinahealth.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.